0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. Sports Guy JP, how are you this fine evening?
1: Uh, I'm fine, uh, coming off a Monday night victory in a very weird fashion to say the least, but uh, I guess a W is a W, so I'm feeling all right.
0: Well, uh, to go back to last week a little bit, uh, the key to the win according to you, was T.J. Watt had to kind of play out of his mind. And uh, it looked like that's kind of what happened.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh, Alex Highsmith stepping up in a big way too. I was definitely, uh, maybe you listened to him last week and I heard that I said it wasn't worth the money. <laughs> Finally, I, he made some plays. Uh, it was actually kind of funny. Right before the play, it's opening kickoff, and I see Herbig's on kickoff. So I make a comment to the person watching the game with. I'm like, yeah, all these fans are going to be crying that Herbic's not in the game, but also want to somehow pay Alex Highsmith like he's worth anything. And then next play,
0: he gets a pick set. (laughs) Yeah, he ended up having a great game. And it seemed like TJ Watt wanted to marry him after the game. Did you see that?
1: Yeah, yeah, they were like totally
0: like broing it out together. Yeah. He was like, I am only good because of this man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's what it was. I think TJ Watt probably makes that, but he now becomes the all time sack leader for the Steelers, which is pretty crazy for me considering he's not, you know, uh, he's not that old really. Uh, especially for somebody to have like a career record. He's not that old. And, uh, for such a franchise with, you know, outside linebackers that, I mean, uh, James Harrison's a defensive player of the year, you know, these linebackers from the seventies, they're always known for defenses. And, uh, even with T.J. Watt's injuries, he's already uh, the all-time sack leader, which is insane. It just shows how dynamic
1: a player he truthfully is. Um, he's translating to W's on the field more so than the offensive quarterback play of the past couple of years. Constantly gets after the quarterback, and yeah, definitely a, a future Hall of Fame player, I think already. And uh, yeah, uh, well, like you said, even with the injuries, I'm surprised that, uh, you know that he has past guys, even like you said, uh, James Harrison, even like the good one, like Lamar Woodley and just guys that have played here for a while. Um, You know, even Jason Gildon, who had it Mm. for a while. Um, Yeah. TJ Watt, just, you know, he, he, he also has like more consistently great seasons. It's not like he played for a while and just had like nine or 10, a few years So he's constantly putting up, you know, 15, 16 and, you know, over 22 the one season
0: yeah i was gonna say doesn't have the record for most sacks in the year or yeah, tied? He
1: died just a couple of years ago
0: yeah i mean that's pretty insane i i i when you really think of it like things like that like having an all-time record like that setting the record for the Steelers, i would say probably he is already going to the hall of fame then
1: yeah defensive player of the year winner um and, you know, just dynamic every play. I, I think he definitely gets in. Um, I'd like to see more playoff success, but I put that more so on coaching and offense more so than a singular edge rusher.
0: Is he already better overall than James Harrison?
1: the, the uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, on, honestly, I, I think I would, would say that James Harrison though had, had like a slower start. He uh, didn't really get to start till he was about 30 though. So he really missed out on his prime years, which, You know, it's hard to put against somebody. Harrison was um, just dynamic. He kind of of like Mel Blunt in a way. They had to change the roles just because of how he played. Um, So he'll be more iconic than Watt. But I think just numbers alone, Watt would be a better player. Watt also has had less talent surrounding him, I feel like, if you ask me, as a whole defense.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, But to get back to the Steeler game, the Steelers end up with a win, uh, not looking like they would. Thank God for the defense. Um, what are your your main takeaways from the Cleveland game?
1: Well, obviously, like I said, the defense had to play absurd in order for them to win, which happened. Um, that's not going to be sustainable to win football games. Um, you, you know, it's just, it, it's ridiculous, the offense and the game plan. It seems like, again, it's like almost alt-right play calling. Like it's so freaking conservative. It's Dated back to, you know, it seems like the 70s. Just the way they're playing football. I don't think it's going to be sustainable to compete with the top-notch teams. They get blown out or they find weird ways to barely pull it out. They have no way of blowing teams out. And uh, this week, for as dynamic as the defense played, um, Deshaun Watson and Cleveland just simply didn't play well enough down the stretch. I feel like a lot of it was a tale of uh, Brown's struggles rather than a good success story for the Steelers. I mean, offense continues to have no rhythm. It fails to pick up any sort of momentum or to go drive to drive. Um, they're the only team in the league, actually, to not have any first downs in the first quarter. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and the defense now, believe it or not, has as many touchdowns as the offense. <laughs> so bad
0: or or it's amazing for the defense but it's uh it's not really held up too high by that offense that offense is uh not good <laughs> like it they're not producing at all I mean I guess George Pickens had the one long touchdown, which was nice to see Kenny Pickett actually throw it between the uh hashes
1: yeah I, and when you watch that play it looks like Browns are obviously playing a zone it looks like there's a slight play action and everyone except the two deep safeties like look to play the run or an underneath zone to guard the first down. Pickens just w- runs a post route all by himself so like you know again like I said it's not even like dynamic by any means by the Steelers just lousy play calling by the Browns. Fortunately Pickens was able to get it in he got the 70 yard touchdown out of it if you take that play away, I mean, Pickens is down to three catches for about 50 yards. And Pickett, you know, would be uh, 14 to 30. So under 500 with, um, you know, about 150 something yards, too. So just fortunately, they were able to find the uh, breaking coverage and take it away for a touchdown. But if you ask me, it's just, it's, <laughs> I mean, you got to find more creative ways of moving the football
0: it seems like all the creation is just all behind the line of scrimmage and that nothing gets past the line of scrimmage
1: again yeah there are a couple like end reverses um the the fake fake up the gut, and then they did end reverse i think it's Calvin Austin the one for a loss yeah. um they try to get cute with like the uh a bootleg with Pickett at the end where he was marked short and the crowd started chanting to fire Matt canada yeah <laughs> yeah it was I mean, to be honest, that whole crowd, the crowd, the home field advantage the whole night, I think, was more key to the success than the offense, too. That place seemed pretty wild off the whole game.
0: Yeah, that looked a lot better than that first game with the 49ers where it seemed like there was more San Francisco people in the crowd than Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you I see mean, uh, was- Did you see the 49ers take over um, in L.A. against, I think, the Rams? And it looked like it was a San Francisco home game. Although nobody in L.A. gives a shit about their own football team. Yeah, the Chargers and Rams just have the worst home
1: field in the NFL (laughs) because it's really more of a neutral site. Yeah,
0: it is. It's exactly like that. People who are fans of other teams come to L.A., and then they just are all there to see their team.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. Just like There's no home field advantage, like I said, whatsoever for these teams. And uh, the market should be... Like, it seems like it would be out there in California. I just don't know why no one has a desire to attend a football game, I guess. like, And, and like, Sean McVay, to me, is kind of like Hollywood in a way. They're, they're off a the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Like, it seems like it would be an attractive thing to do out there. I, I just don't get, get why, like, they don't have any sort of fan base. Like, why does, like, Jacksonville have a bigger one than the Super Bowl champs?
0: I don't, yeah. Uh, Well, I don't know. I guess the people in Jacksonville, that's what I do think it is. It's like the people who are out in L.A. You see a lot of people who moved to L.A., not like grew up in L.A. as much. So, like, you you see people moving there from Mm -hmm. out of town more than you see people moving. You know, you see everybody moving to L.A. or New York or Chicago for something like that. Um, You don't see a lot of people moving to Jacksonville. The people from Jacksonville bleed teal in black or whatever. Um, yeah. Um, but it seems like I, mean, I would I I would, guess that for uh, both the L.A. teams and even like the other teams in that area, like nobody gives a shit about the Cardinals. The Broncos are not looking very good, and they're not looking like they're going to be good soon. San Francisco is the only team over there. And then like the Seahawks are even kind of on the edge for me.
1: That's true. I didn't realize, like, San Fran and uh, the Range Stadiums aren't, like, that far apart. So, yeah, I guess that does make a little bit more sense to me now that I realize, yeah, they're both California teams. That actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's still, you know, Northern California and Southern California, mm-hmm. but,
1: I mean, it's, it's. But, yeah, I mean, that crowd was into it. And, uh, I feel like that was, like, more contributing factor than anything they did offensively. Like I said, run game's still a mess. Um, Pickens had the big play, but Pickens and Warren were the only guys that played well. I feel like, at certain point, I was asking why why they weren't just going to double Pickens and take him out of the game. Yeah, um, yeah, like, and I feel like that's what Vegas should be looking to do this week. If you know, Johnson's going to be out again. Run game's a mess. I mean, you take they had MMI, one rushing
0: yeah, yard in the first in the first half. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, just pathetic. It's and they're saying like they're trying to get back to steeler football. It's like, well, you need good players to do that.
0: I don't know if you would have this stat in front of you if you know. Do, do you think they have just as many plays for losses than they do for gains, at least in the run game?
1: I, I wouldn't know that, but I did see a stat somewhere. I think it was from PFF. They were like it was like a uh, chart, and it was crazy to me. It was uh, they labeled how many times a team would, you know, get a fresh set of downs according to the down that you're on. So, like, um, how many first downs you convert on first down, on second down, yeah. third down, and so forth. And um, the Steelers rank last. I'm pretty sure, like, 49% of their drives were, like, three and outs.
0: That's so bad.
1: Like, they're not even, like, I'm not even asking them to score touchdowns because they can't. Like, just expand a drive here. Like, like look, 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 if you just, like, check this out, like, the Browns gained the Steelers by 153 yards this week. Mm-hmm. They had 11 more first downs. The Steelers only had nine first downs. Yeah. Cleveland ran 28 more plays, 81 plays to 53, and they controlled the clock and the ball for nearly nine more minutes.
0: It's amazing. That or, 11, 11 minutes,
1: sorry. It's like you, the Steelers aren't even getting on the field, and when they are, they're immediately giving the ball away again. And then it's all up to the defense to bail them out. It, it's ridiculous. And if they, they did, and if they
0: want the the defense to keep bailing them out, they do need to give them a rest every now and then. So even if they're not mm-hmm. scoring, you're right, they need to stay on the field at least long enough for uh, for yeah, everybody to breathe. Yeah,
1: Cam Hayward's still going to be out. Uh, Micah Fitzpatrick, we'll see what the deal is with him. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's sustainable. Even though the defensive line did. Um, like I, I think Oban Joby played a decent game. I know he had a sack. Um the Steelers were like getting in the backfield but missing tackles, it seemed like. like oh it seemed God, like they had yeah. opportunities that so they're just not finishing.
0: Or but, or Deshaun Watson was grabbing their face mask and throwing them on the ground. I've I've never I've I think I can count on one hand the amount of times I've seen a quarterback called for a face mask in my life, and I've seen two of them in last night's game.
1: Yeah, it, Sean Watson, like, I, like that's what happened. Like, he bailed them out a lot just from these stupid penalties. And uh, he, he, like, bumped a ref, too. Did you see that? No. I didn't see he should have gotten kicked out at some point. But <sighs> I don't know what happened there. But he, uh, I don't know, I guess they'll let him continue, continue to go. But uh, fortunately, yeah, Steelers, there's stupid penalties. Steelers only had five. Browns actually had eight penalties in that game for 81 yards. Um, yeah, and I think penalties bailed him out too along the way. Uh, they did sack Watson six times and had four takeaways um, three fumbles, interception, and two touchdowns. So defense showed up when necessary, but to me, it's like I mean, you look at the time of possessions, Like they can create turnovers, but they can't get a team off the field.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, I mean, Watson appeared rattled and uncomfortable all day. I don't think he was, like, seeing the field right. And took, he took a lot of sacks. that should have been throwaways, I feel like. But they did a good job at just, you know, making sure he was held in check. But then again and again, it seemed like there were a couple, like, long third-down conversions. that are just unacceptable.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, let's, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about the Cleveland game or should we move on to Vegas?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, um, How about, did you see um, just the Steelers were the first team of this century to go into a fourth quarter trailing, have negative seven yards of offense, and still win the game? (laughs) That's so (laughs) bad. Just like (laughs) how... Like that's that's just embarrassing for Cleveland like to he must have choked in some way but defense made great plays but negative seven yards that's like you can't even the red bow you when Bobby Boucher's in the game could call a better I, offense
0: I swear I made the reference they need to just like punt it on first down and try to go water boy style mud dogs and just play defense <laughs>
1: But at least the Cougars are like against Boucher. These guys can't even do it against talkie talkie or whoever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's these uh, guys can't
1: even Yeah. Oh my god. Not
0: even He's on just, that close
1: to that pathetic. Boucher level. And speaking of pathetic, the the like the picket interception was a mess and again the run game was a mess. But the play that drove me the craziest was Gunnar Oshevsky's um Did you see the kickoff that he prevented from going out of bounds, so he could take the ball out of bounds?
0: No, I uh, I missed the first half of the game. I was recording the the regular podcast, so I saw some of the clips, but I did not see the first half live. Oh my
1: god this this was like this made uh, like Dan Olafsky look okay with the safety almost. Okay, Um, so
0: explain it. So
1: yeah, this ball, this it's I don't think it's the opening kickoff, but it's. You know, a kickoff after a touchdown for uh, Cleveland. This guy boots it along the sideline, clearly going out of bounds. And Oshevsky comes over and, like, places his feet directly on the sidelines and positions himself to catch it. Like, so he's well aware the sideline is coming up.
0: NFL sunny catches
1: the ball and then just walks out of bounds.
0: I'm uh, I'm putting the play on right now so I'm watching it.
1: Please Ow. like.
0: Huh. So that was well, yeah, okay. So that was that was a a kickoff after a touchdown.
1: Yeah, Like what are you doing? It's just stupid crap like that.
0: Here JP, I'm wait one wait same. one second. I'm going to see if we can hear the call if I do this. You're welcome, yeah. yeah. You're watching like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> Let's see how they're going to rule this. This was a catch and they're going to say that Oshesky was still in bounds when he caught that and they're going to mark it at the moment just outside the nine. Obviously if it goes out of bounds and his feet are on the boundary the ball's on the 40. The ruling on the field is that the receiver possessed the ball then stepped out of bounds It's Pittsburgh ball first and fast. This is a better look. Well, he toe taps in order to keep it in bounds. I mean, I, he just—you uh, just a- you hear Troy Aikman at the end say he toe taps to keep it in bounds. That's pretty bad. Like it was, he has not made a play that good to keep, to you know do anything, and he's finally making a play to hurt them.
1: He's making an
0: AB catch
1: on the sideline yeah. to keep the kickoff in bounds. Just like, what are you doing? It, yeah, it is. It, It's stupid. It's all. It's not as bad as the claypole taunt when the clock's running out. But this is just the level of stupidity. steven Sims was so much more effective on in the special teams game, and we let him walk for this guy.
0: I I completely agree. I think they like. I mean, he was like a Pro Bowl special teamer a couple years ago, and I think they liked that. Like Belichick had him. I don't know if they think he's smart, but he. I remember the opening game of last year, he fumbled it almost immediately. he I don't remember him making one single good play. And not that Sims was, I mean, well, who knows? He was much better as a, as a specialist. And he was the only one who could run the, the end around with any success.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, uh, I, 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 I didn't get it. It just made no sense. Sims had some pop in his game. Neither one's dynamic, but, uh, I mean, if you're not going to keep him, don't keep either. Like, just put Austin back there to return kicks. Um, Just, oh, my gosh. It's such a waste of a roster spot. Oh, I agree. uh, It just shows how stupid they are. Like, they're so poorly coached. They just, uh, they don't execute anything well unless (laughs) TJ Watt or Minka Fitzpatrick's blowing up the other team in some way.
0: Maybe they should just bring in Gunnar Oshesky's brother, and
1: then everything will be fixed. <laughs> uh,
0: uh,
1: there were rumors uh, of them bringing in like J.J. Watt. I heard. And I'm like, just put it to rest. Like that guy. That guy should not even risk his health or legacy to play here. Yeah. I I would almost be insulted.
0: And it's one of those things, like, you think he's going to come in and be, like, J.J. Watt. Like, age does affect everybody. Like, and at a certain point, like, taking the undrafted college player that has, you know, youth and explosion, that's going to be better than old J.J. Watt.
1: Right. Who's not going to know the defense or any of the calls or uh, just stupid. And, like, the Steelers, like we said, we pulled it out just because it was – it was sloppy and stupid. That, that, that's what it was. And, uh, I mean, like Denzel Ward Newsom, Newsome, their secondary was banged up. Mari Cooper played through an injury. Conklin was out. We knew Darius Smith and Nick Chubb leave injured. And the Steelers still barely win. Like, huh. Not only do they have to blow up, like I said, on defense, the other team also needs to be down all of its good players. <laughs>
0: check and check.
1: Yeah. Uh, Desha- and a low tier quarterback. Deshaun Watson's four and four since coming to Cleveland, nine touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's like, they're not going to be able to compete with a decent team. And Vegas isn't even dynamic, ways, but they might just be a little bit more, you know, less dysfunctional than Cleveland, maybe. We'll put it that way.
0: So, what are you? And ex- that might be enough. So what are you expecting going in uh, to the game against Vegas? And that is another night game. Yeah,
1: Sunday night. Um, I think it's a game Pittsburgh should win, if I'm being honest. I feel like if they can put pressure on Garoppolo, they'll win. It comes down to, again, the defense has to play out of its mind. But they they need just something from the offense because it's lacking any sort of playmakers. Kenny can he, can he Pickett's regressed this year. The play call like, like the defense saved Matt Canada's job for this week. Like just put it that way. Yeah. If they lose, I feel like he's fired. So the play calling is going to be ridiculous.
0: Do you do you think that they would actually pull the trigger and fire Canada in the middle of the season? I, I feel
1: like if they lose football games, they would. But if they continue to win, even in sloppy fashion, they won't do it. Yeah. It's almost like how the... the it seems like this whole city loves to... He's almost a scapegoat in many ways. He's he's not good. and He should should have been gone. And he should be gone today. However, I feel like he's also kind of a scapegoat because people don't want to address the fact that Tomlin's he's a motivator, but he's not getting the X's and O's of what an offense needs in today's NFL. And, uh, you know, just paying defense and, you know, instead of extra playmakers on offense isn't a way to do it anymore. I feel like in many ways it's like a scapegoat because you don't want to address that. You don't want to address the fact that the offense is lacking. You don't want to address the pickets underachieving. So they put it on Canada. I feel like they should get them out instead of doing this whole loyalty thing that they're so prone to the standards got to be the standard and you got to win football games. And I feel like he's holding the team back. So I I would get rid of him. And, uh, you know, Tomlin's got to adjust as well. And Pickett has to play better too, because I feel like it's easier to move off Canada than it is the other two at the moment. And, uh, I mean, give them a fresh start and see what happens. I'm not against it. Maybe they become a more competitive team, but just where they are with them, it's not sustainable to win in today's NFL.
0: I think Matt Canada's play calling an offense is not very good. Um, but that being said, um, I don't, who knows if the players are good enough to run what he wants to do at the same time. I think maybe he should alter a uh, a little bit, maybe not just do this is what I want to do and maybe alter it to who you have, because this is the same playbook they've been running for like three years and they haven't had the same roster for all three years, but yet they still run the same end arounds based on whoever. I mean, you see like the Dolphins or the Chiefs or something and, and they work or the 49ers that know who they have and they have their offense tailored for their strengths. For this, it's, I want to run what I want to run, and we're going to do it, and if it's successful, I'll look smart, even though it will never be successful. And if it doesn't work, well, they're not going to do anything anyway.
1: And it's just like, it's the same things for the past decade, it seems. They're not prepared for for good football teams. They can beat lousy teams. Like, I don't think Vegas is... Um, a top-notch team. I think Pittsburgh's capable of beating them. If you go either way, to be honest, but this is a game that they should be able to win if you just look at the teams on paper. Um, and again, they never seem prepared. It's always something like that. And Canada, like you said, it's just it's the same crap that's ineffective. A lot of. You know, you said reverses. Try to be creative, but they don't even use like motion or any of that effectively the way you see Miami and the Rams are doing. Um, and yeah, it, it's just it's dated. It doesn't work. A lot of concepts. are like, it's it's like mesh, but under everyone goes underneath. It's um, a lot of screen games to the tight end that never goes anywhere but back to line, line of scrimmage. You know, there's no creativity in the way they, you know, you utilize the run game. And, uh, you know, just a lot of, like, le- levels, routes all to one side of the field that, you know, hopefully someone breaks free. But at the end of the day, I mean, Kenny Pickett's completing maybe half his balls. And, like I said, there's no mojo to this
0: offense. It's just, it's, it's pathetic. Kenny Pickett looks like he panics too quickly as a quarterback.
1: I feel, he, he's not seeing the field, right? He's um, holding on to the ball too long. It seems like he needs to find an open receiver. He can't throw a guy open. Uh, yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. it's just, it's constant. And uh, I mean, we, the same issues at Pitt. He was um, I, I, a little bit more mobile than I expected. And um, he showed poise in the preseason. And they showed dynamic plays in the preseason, but why don't they even attempt any of that in the regular season? It's just – it
0: seems like it's a JV team. It's, it's it, really what it seems like. You see every year, like, teams will do things in the, in the preseason just to see things, and, like, they don't want to show their hand, so they don't show everything they're going to do. It's like they showed a good offense to misdirect everybody for the regular season where they're a crap offense.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's I, – I don't – I don't see it getting better with Matt Canada in any way. Like it's time to move on and find just like, like when we had Todd Haley or Bruce Ari, just a good complimentary piece. I don't know if Tomlin's like afraid, afraid of hiring someone that might challenge him. I think for what is. it is, but
0: he wants, he wants the success to be because of him, not because they brought in offensive coordinator X and he helped. He'd rather it be a Slightly above 500 record, and it was Tomlin who was the hero in spite of Matt Canada. And so like
1: he's a great motivator and things. I think that he, I think the guys and players like playing for him, but he, he doesn't get what it takes to win in the NFL with um, an offense nowadays, it seems like. Plus, you always um, hear
0: about his, his coaching tree. Who the hell has left the Steelers and coached somewhere else?
1: Just even no, like coached
0: somewhere else. Yeah,
1: yeah, they all fall off, and you never hear from them again. Um, like I said, Todd Haley's the guy they brought in from elsewhere, and that's why they were successful. And he didn't get along with everybody, but hey, it's the best best they were in a decade.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Um. So, overall, Raiders. You think Steelers are better overall? You think it could go either way? What is the who's the favorite in this game?
1: The spread was the last set to. Um, I think it was one and a half or two and a half, so it's definitely still below a field goal. Um, and I think the Steelers are actually the um, underdog. Oh, okay, wait, yeah, they're wait, at wait, Vegas. So yeah. I think it's two and a half for
0: uh, Vegas. Let me double check. Um, while you're but, yeah. while you're checking that out, uh, side note: Did you see the uh, blocked kick for the Patriots?
1: Oh yeah, I love that. Um, Is that something, something we're going to be seeing? Just like the, uh, what, like just to create like an illusion there, sort of. It was r- really well done.
0: He timed it perfectly.
1: Yeah, it was, that was awesome. I feel like a lot of teams are going to start like doing things like that too, where they just show a little bit of motion or something just to throw somebody off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, okay.
1: One and a half Steelers are the underdog at Vegas.
0: Okay. All right. Do you want to get into some of your picks then? Sure. All right, let's start with number one then, obviously.
1: All right, number one. Um, I'm going to take the Titans this week. After seeing how Cleveland plays, I also see a lack of, like, mojo in their offense. Tennessee's plus three and a half going to Cleveland. I like the Titans because, um, well, their defense is better than expected. They allow the fewest rushing yards and second fewest yards per carry at 2.7 so far. Um... Tannehill's actually three and one in his career against the Browns, and uh, the Browns turn the ball over. They're second in giveaways. Deshaun Watson just seems out of sync. He struggles. Uh, Nick Chubb's going to be out, and um, since joining Cleveland, uh, he's only completing about fifty-seven percent of his balls. So, I feel like um, Tennessee's the play here. They'll be able to control the ball and clock with Derrick Henry in the run game. And uh, Cleveland's banged up. This is Darius Smith, like I said, may miss, miss this week. And uh, Miles Garrett, uh, Steelers actually kind of took him out of the game last week. So I, I think Tennessee's actually going to take this one. And um, give me over a field goal. I'm going to take it.
0: They just won by a field goal this week, didn't they, Tennessee? Yeah, it'd be the Chargers.
1: Uh, Tennessee can compete with, like, anyone in a way because they play a different style of football effectively that, that I kind of like about them. It's uh, but it, it's like that saying, like, uh, what Tyson used to say, like, no one has a play until you get punched in the face. The Steelers want to play that way, but the Titans also, like, they actually play that way. Yeah. They just pretend
0: to. Yeah, it seems like the Steelers want to do a lot of things and then just, I don't know, they're complacent and then just rely on T.J. Watt to save the day.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I, I like uh, Derek Henry in the run game a lot. Tannehill, I think he'll clean up his game here. He'll be more efficient. Um, Traylon Barks and D Hop are coming along nicely as a pair so far against a bang it up secondary. I feel like they're, like it's, with Nick Chubb out, like I feel like Tennessee's the better team and uh, they're getting the Uber field goal. I know they have to travel, but I mean, it's still like two Eastern teams, sort of. Or, I mean, like it's not like that much of a travel. You're not going across country. Right. I, I, I like Tennessee.
0: It be, used to be in that. Uh, well, I guess was Cleveland even around when the AFC Central was, or did that when they? It doesn't matter. That's and, what I'm never <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Well, uh, Tennessee was Pittsburgh's division or whatever, but yeah, <laughs> all relatively in the same area. Actually, Tennessee is really not that far from Cleveland. Um. Related to everything else. Let's get to number two. Number two this week.
1: Um I took the Saints last week and I got a push, but I, I like them to pull it out this week. The Saints are getting two points going to Green Bay. Um the reason for that is Green Bay in the fourth quarter just collapsed last week. Um they had seven total yards in the fourth quarter, running only ten plays. So they had uh, you know, fourteen more yards than the Steelers in the fourth quarter. That's so bad. <laughs> But uh, they, they allow the third most rushing yards so far. Um, Jordan Love on the stat sheet has been pretty good, but he's still, you know, a little inconsistent with his throws. Um, and they're doing, you know, it's conservative coaching right now while he's in the game. The, the funny thing is, is uh, <laughs> I just thought of this the other day, is that Jordan Love's kind of in the same situation as Kenny, but he looks so much more comfortable, and the coaches know what they're doing. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you, well, that's an you offensive know, um, minor touch And Christian Watson may be out, which will, um, you know, slow things down for Love in the past game. Um, and just a reliable blanket, the Joneses. Um, and, uh, I mean, I just like Carr more than Love. I think that they have a bit more of an explosive offense. I like Chris Olave. Uh, Michael Thomas is coming along. And, um,. Rashid Shaheed or whatever his name is. I, I like him, too, because his name like is the same thing. <laughs> but I've heard his name a few times mentioned. He's playing real well as another option. Um, Saints allowed only one touchdown so far and have four takeaways, and they only lost six points per game so far. I think their defense is going to hold Jordan Love down this week.
0: All righty. Let's go to number three.
1: Number three, this is obviously strictly because of the points here, but <laughs> I'm going to take the Texans plus nine and a half against the drag wires. Okay. Um, CJ Stroud um, has actually played pr- pretty well in his first two starts, all things considered with the lack of talent surrounding him. But he has the fifth most yards in NFL history for a guy to make his first two starts with 626. And he actually has the second most um, completions with 58 in the first two starts in NFL history and uh Texans I saw this today Jaguars beat them last year they smoked them actually but other than that the Texans have just owned them in a way other uh, actually nine and one in their last 10 games against the Jaguars
0: wow Houston yeah. is historically a bad team. well I guess that was Jacksonville
1: yeah but even with like a quarterback uh you know, mishap that Houston's had recently. They continue to find success. Um, Jacksonville definitely wins this. Trevor Lawrence, clearly the best player in the game, better receivers, you know, rookie quarterback on the road. Jacksonville definitely wins. But I like Houston to, you know, keep it within nine and a
0: half. That's a big spread for the NFL. I mean, you could see it just go one way. Plus, as we found out with Nick Chubb, uh, you're one injury away from anything. So that, that nine and a half.
1: That, uh, yeah, d- division That's a game, big one. And, yeah, it's it's hard to bet against a team with spread like that. In the same division.
0: You could even tease that, right, and add
1: some points. Yeah, there's a. But yeah, I should mention that there's a lot of spreads that are big uh, that I didn't touch. But the Bears are plus twelve and a half against the Chiefs. Cardinals also getting twelve and a half against the Cowboys. You could look to tease those with uh, Houston this week. Uh, Colts are getting seven and a half against the Ravens. And the Giants are getting ten against the Niners. So there's a lot of like big spreads this week.
0: So the Ravens are getting ten.
1: Uh no, it's uh, eight and a half. They're oh. um giving that up. The Colts are, are get seven and a half for the Colts against the Ravens.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, that makes but, sense.
1: Yeah, yeah there's a, a lot of big spreads um, you know, this week.
0: All right, let's go well, to number
1: double digit ones too.
0: Let's go to
1: number four. Number four for me this week. Um, I'm going to take another division game here. I'm going to take the Patriots minus two and a half against the Jets. Um, Jets defenses look good, but I've been very impressed with Mac Jones and the Patriots offense. They look good in defeat both times. I think they get a W this week. Um, Mac Jones is actually four and O against the Jets in his career. And Zach Wilson is o and four against the Patriots. Um, Zach Wilson has two touchdowns to seven interceptions with a 50.6 rating in those games. Mack, on the other hand, has three touchdowns, one interception, and a 97.6 rating. Um, like I said, I ju- it's a coaching mismatch. Um, Belichick's going to have a way to, I think, frustrate Zach Wilson and uh, look for him to take away Garrett Wilson and see how the Jets uh, stack up,
0: I feel. Um, Zach Zach Wilson looks like, not that he's not trying when he plays, like when he's on the field, he looks like he's trying, but he also looks like when he's on the bench, he's like, yeah, I didn't give a shit what happens. Like, he is already, like, checked out. Like, he's there on the field, but he doesn't seem like he's, he doesn't, you know, live and breathe the position like you see other quarterbacks. I agree. He has
1: natural talent, but it just seems like he's not putting it together. He doesn't see the field right. He doesn't, uh, he just makes, like, throws that seem to go it makes no sense his mechanics is sometimes off just and i mean he has a defensive coach um this whole thing was built around aaron Rodgers. and now he's injured um his teammates don't like him i feel like i feel like he doesn't like his teammates either and uh just n- new england is going to be in it to win it this week belichick hates the jets and i think they're going to be more focused this week than the jets will um Jets actually have not beaten New England since 2015.
0: Oh, geez. Yeah, that's 2015 is one of those things like, oh, that's not that long. Like, oh, that was eight years.
1: Yeah, Uh Hello by Adele was the number one song in America when uh, that happened.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's 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 so funny when you think of, yeah, (laughs) other things or like what movie was in the box office.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think Obama was still in office. Like, it's been nuts. Um, Jet, look, Jets just can't beat New England. New England has their numbers, so I'm going to take them by a field goal at least this week.
0: That's how There's so many divisional games where it's just like there's a mental block over it, and I think the Patriots kind of have that men, mental kind of block mm-hmm. on a lot of teams, even the Steelers.
1: Yeah, and even the Raiders have that on the Steelers too, I feel
0: like. Yeah, the Steelers have lost a lot of games that they should have beat. The the Raiders and I remember the Terrell Pryor game of him just running the length of the field.
1: Yeah, just to open it. And I, <laughs> I remember too, well. Well, last year they they did beat the Raiders and held Devontae Adams in checks. So maybe he's due for one this week too. Like, like you just never know. I feel like this could easily be a game where, like, by the end of the first quarter, it's seventeen nothing for no reason whatsoever. Yeah.
0: All right. Do you want to do number five then? Sure, number
1: five. Um, I, I like the Rams this week against the Bengals, too. Uh, Rams are plus two and a half. I'm so mad they were plus six and a half the other day, and I should have fired And <laughs> I think they're probably since Burrow's Burroughs not 100%. may not suit up, so get this early if you can. And the Rams wide receivers have just been great, these two young guys, Tutu Atwell and uh, the other rookie for, uh out of BYU, just both dominating. The one that caught 15 balls the other day. Um, and they just look explosive again. Uh, Sean McVay's using motion, and uh, Matt Stafford, who's not mobile by any means, still only been sacked once. The offensive line is playing terrific compared to what was expected. Yeah, And again, yeah, the Burrow injury is a driving factor here. Um, Reigns are getting points, and if Burrow can't play, their backup quarterback hasn't thrown a pass in the NFL. Uh, like you have to take the Rams Yeah, it's a coaching mismatch i feel like um bangles too they're actually fifth in total yards allowed per game Look well, for the Rams six point uh Rams are actually top 10 in points the Bengals are dead last through two games and uh the Rams have the second best in total yards per game offense like i said um these receivers are playing well and Stafford's finding ways to get the ball downfield uh I, I think they're going to move on from k Makers. They like what they have. And um, Williams is their running back. He's just been a little bit more explosive. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're playing better than I expected. And Cincy, on the other hand, they're struggling. Um, Jamar Chase hasn't had a big game yet. T. Higgins was shut out in the first game. Um, you know, it's just the uh, mobility of Burrow is going to be vertical, or it's, it's just going to be non existent, even if he does suit up. Aaron Donald's gonna be going against an uh offensive line that couldn't block him in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm I, I, I like the Rams this week with the points.
0: I'll tell you what, I have uh I was on NFL.com and they have just some random highlights. Chris Olave has had some amazing catches uh for the Saints last night. I don't know if you yeah, saw any I, of this.
1: I'm big on Olave. I liked him actually best receiver from his class coming out, though Garrett Wilson's definitely had a better career up to this point. But yeah, I I think what he can do, you know, if an efficient quarterback like Derek Carr, and it allows uh, Michael Thomas, like I said, just to be a number two option now and not absorb the one coverages. I, I think Alalve is going to be, you know, a difference maker for the Saints for a while now.
0: Yeah, he's definitely looking really good. Um, let's see. That's all five. So we have Tennessee, New Orleans, like we were just saying, Houston, New England, and the Los Angeles Rams.
1: Yeah. Uh, and again, like I said, take a look at those big, big point spreads. Maybe you could tease them in some way. Um, I didn't want to take take any of the two bigs, bigs of a spread. I was a little hesitant against all of them except the Houston one I like. But uh, no, these other lines, I feel pretty confident. I feel like you, get, you might get the better team with the points in a few of these cases. I feel like the Saints and Titans. The only issue is all these teams are on the road, which scares me a little. But... I don't know. I feel pretty confident this week.
0: All right then. JP, Um, thank you so much as always for uh, taking the time to talk to us. Anything you'd like to end on?
1: So, I did uh, a little bit of research. So, when I was uh, making my picks, I came across the stats of two quarterbacks, and I wanted to get your take on which quarterback you think is better if we use a uh, blind resume here. All right. Okay. So, quarterback A has made 14 starts and has an 8 and 6 record which is 57% win percentage
0: okay
1: he also has completion percentage of 62.5 nine touchdowns 12 interceptions a passer rating of 75.5 and 203
0: yards per game how many interceptions 12. Okay. No, that's okay. A. Okay. Quarterback B okay.
1: in 10 career starts. 10, or I'm sorry, not, not 10. No, not 10. <laughs> 5, 4, and 1. So there's a tie, but it gives this guy a winning percentage of 55. So 50, if you want to count the tie, is not a win, but they guess technically counts as half a win. Okay. Completion percentage, 61.5.
0: Okay. Uh
1: Uh-huh. 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. All right. Passer rating of 80.9 and 236 yards per game. Thirty
0: six yards per game. 10 games. I would say quarterback B.
1: B. Okay. So... Winning percentage is about identical. Completion percentage nearly identical. Interceptions nearly identical. B has the edge on touchdowns rating and yards per game. Yes. Okay. I would. Uh, everyone I've asked also says B. And I would also agree B is better. Do you have any idea who these guys might be?
0: Okay. Um, I mean, I. Uh... I don't know why I'm just assuming Justin Fields is one of them. I don't know who.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so quarterback A is uh the beloved Kenny Pickett. I
0: would assume one of them was Kenny Pickett. So we have Kenny Pickett here. And quarterback B is the uh
1: ever so hated uh Mason
0: Rudolph. Oh jeez. <laughs> Well, and you have to take into account some of these Pickett wins were uh, all defense, although I'm sure you could take that into account for Mason, too. I do remember Miles Garrett going after Mason with his helmet.
1: Kent, Kenny Pickett also has George Pickens, who's the greatest receiver of all time, according to Pittsburgh, too. <laughs> and despite that, not throwing as many yards as old, old Mason.
0: No? No. Did, and, uh, did Mason have Canada yeah, I, as well? What was that? Did Mason have Matt Canada? Uh, I don't know.
1: Do you have like Randy Feekner who lost his job to Matt Canada? (laughs) Either way.
0: I'm just curious because I (laughs) feel like Feekner would have at least ran the ball a little bit more and at least would not have end around. Like I think if Kenny Piggott was with Feekner, their offense would look better.
1: Yeah, I I would hope so. But I don't. Yeah, I think
0: just, Canada's the worst offensive coordinator the Steelers have had since I've watched football, starting in like two thousand. <laughs> and maybe it's just all on Canada. This whole
1: thing. But, I mean, I don't it, think it is. I th- how, uh, I th- look, Rudolph's got the better numbers, but yeah. everyone hates him and everyone loves Pickett.
0: I I think Pickett has more potential. I think Mason is what he is, and i think he's probably handled poorly but he was also i don't know they put a lot of hype on him
1: right neither one is good yeah i'm just saying like it's just funny how uh yeah everyone would want to run rudolph out Pickett, uh you could argue he's had better weapons too you could say um but uh yeah i uh that was just that was eye-opening to me um Landry Jones, by the way, has thrown, uh, I think, only one less touchdown than Pickett, too. Yeah. In five career starts.
0: So, yeah, we'll see. I uh, i don't know. The, the thing with Canada, like I said, I feel like he's just so, I want to do what I want to do, regardless of who I have. And I think that just, like, if Mason Rudolph came in, they'd still run the same plays. If they had Michael Vick come in, if they had Peyton Manning, if they had, regardless of who it is, they're running the same offense, and I don't think that that's works That's so for true. Anybody.
1: There's definitely no – that's probably why they didn't pick Jalen Hurts the year that Tomlin – like Tomlin and Hurts were, like, close, I heard, and they passed on him for Chase Claypool. They probably <laughs> were like, we can't adapt an offense to anybody else. Yeah. Like, yeah, if they would have Jalen Hurts, Kenny Pickett, or any – like. It would be the same play call. Like they wouldn't. They they don't build around their talent. It's like this is the style that worked yeah. in the seventies, and it didn't even work in the eighties. It kind of worked in the nineties and two thousands, but now it's like, get with the times here. Like this is just—it's awful.
0: It is. It's almost like the Steelers are so stuck in their way. We want to run the ball, and we want to be known for defense, and it's like we want our defense to keep us in the game. It's almost like they want their offense to be bad, so it looks like they have an even better defense.
1: <laughs> it's um it, it's this the thing is the steelers are the only team this year that is comical to watch oh, It's painful. are they the watch. worst team on the record no but they're the most comical and there's mm-hmm. a team that has josh dobbs and they're more
0: comical <laughs> <than that. laughs> josh dobbs almost uh he had a long run for a touchdown
1: yeah he uh I wonder what his touchdowns to compare to Pickett's. Is, I wonder
0: who, uh, um, who'd have thought that he would have been playing before Mason, your boy?
1: <laughs> well, they were, uh, up 28 nothing. That I'm sure the owner came in at halftime and told him to stop scoring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bobby Boucher didn't show up in the second half. Yeah, so
0: all right, JP. Thank you, uh, as always, for taking the time to discuss the NFL. We'll have to follow up with JP picks and see how he does. Um, everybody, subscribe to the show. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all that good stuff. Uh, go back and listen to the regular Poor Man's podcast. We had Abby Elias on. We always love having her. We played the Are They Still Alive Game Female Edition. J.P., Is Julie Andrews still alive from Sound of Music? She is. Very good. Oh, there you go. Uh, Let's see. who else do we have? Um, Well, you'll know this. I can't remember who else we had on the list. I don't have it in front of me. But, uh, yeah. Julie Andrews, though. Julie Andrews still alive. So is Dick Van Dyke. uh, Also in Mary Poppins, right? I think. I don't know. Or Sound of Music or one of those. Who knows? Mary Poppins. Regardless... They're still alive as of now. So here's to uh, Julie Andrews. Everybody, this show is now dedicated to the great Julie Andrews. Um, so subscribe for that. Listen to all that. Go back. Listen to uh, Spaced Out. I talked to James Sanders, astrophysicist, astronomer. Uh, we talk about black holes for an hour. So that's a good time. Go back and listen to that. So for Sports Guy, JP, I'm Chris.
1: I'm going to say is I'm so happy. Yeah. That I was allowed to be part of your day.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Mans Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Mans Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Mans Podcast signing off see you next week in my opinion that sucked you play to win the game you like that you like that but they are who we thought they were when we let them off the hook straight cash homie